This week on the show, things are looking up for North America, Renegades and Dignitas disappoint, and Blue's going to run us through the IEM Katowice groups. I'm Jack Westerman, joined by John, Blue, Mullen, and you're watching Popflash. This week's clip is SK Gaming versus Frag Executors at IEM5 2011, where Dennis picks up a 3k in the first semi-final map. Unfortunately, SK would lose to FX two maps to one, finishing in fourth place. Na'Vi would end up winning the tournament. Our first story this week is the MLG Major Qualifier, which took place in Columbus, Ohio between February 26th and 28th. Now, uh, Blue, you were there at the event, of course. There were eight slots up for grabs at the uh, MLG Major. How did you find the event overall? I thought it was a lot of fun. A uh, little bit too much fun, apparently, because I've now come back with a cold. But very interesting one, considering we had so many North American teams making it through, which I was personally not expecting, uh, given the current shape of the North American scene. Yeah, well, I, we'll come to that in a little bit. The North Americans obviously had a very strong showing. But before we get to that, let's take a look at Group A to kick things off. So this was the group with Selfless, Flipside, Tempo, and G2, as we can see on screen here. And the two teams to qualify were G2 and Flipside. So the first place decider at the top and the second place decider on the far right of the graphic there. Uh, however, so those two teams qualified, but it was at the expense of Tempo Storm, who uh, I guess have been getting a lot of press recently. A lot, they, a lot of people had high expectations for these guys coming in, but in the end they got blown out by Flipside. That deciding map over on the, that deciding game over on the far right, they lost two nil. It wasn't particularly close. It was sixteen five both maps. Uh, so blue, did we expect more from Tempo Storm at this event? Do you think? I think based on a lot of the online matches, we I personally, yes, I did expect a lot more from this team. Uh, mm. From Henny specifically, I think we expected to see way more of an individual performance from him, but he seemed to, and it wasn't just him, the rest of the team as well, really just seemed to drop the ball completely as soon as they got themselves onto a land performance. And it was it was a much more scared, a much more timid team on their T side, and the CT, CT side of their team just seemed extremely unorganized compared to what we had been seeing in the online qualifiers over the previous three or four weeks, the qualifiers for that event itself, and along with the qualifiers for Malmo and IEM. So it does sort of beg the question, how are their upcoming land performances going to be as well, since this one seemed to be so weak? Yeah, oh, and I mean, you pulled out uh, Henny or Hen1. I don't know what she prefers to be called. Um, but I still figured it out. <laughs> yeah, it's a work in progress. But uh, it's fair to say, as you mentioned, that every other player kind of sucked on this team right nobody got above a 0 0.90 uh, play rating on hltv four of five players uh, got fewer than 25 frags across two maps which uh, is you know i, I mean not good <laughs> by any stretch yeah. of the imagination do you think it's just a case of pressure because this was in the grand scheme of things a pretty big event when when you consider it right yeah, I, I, I guess since that was really their first big land event that's all we can really attest it to for the time being uh, considering the, considering the fact they have bolts on the team who's had the previous land experience i would have thought they wouldn't have had that sort of like the first land shakes i guess you could call it where they're a little bit nervous heading into their first big event yeah as bolts is bringing a lot of that experience over from the luminosity roster but that just wasn't the case like i said the entire team just seemed incredibly disorganized and like they weren't prepared at all for this so it was a bit of a disappointment for i think a lot of their fans and yeah, valid point. And uh, as we mentioned, so three of those four North American teams uh, lost their matches on day one, right? Or, or yeah. four or five lost on the first day. I forget which it was. Uh, were you worried at the event, Blue? Are you a big North American fan? I know you discussed this with uh, Richard and Thorin on stream, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, alarm bells I'm ringing for you at all? 
a lot of people seem to think I'm a communist now for some reason because <laughs> of how much I was uh, I was betting against North American teams. But yeah, it definitely wasn't a very good first day at all. Um, especially especially when we saw that really big surprise match. We'll talk about it in a moment. But the uh, the splice game beating on CLG there too. And it wasn't just this, but a lot of these teams coming into this event either had some certain circumstances or some very weak performances. C9 had the admittance of nothing that he wasn't doing very well as an IGL. So there was a lot of worry in their fan base. Yep. Liquid brings back an Adren, and Adren of course had just been removed from the roster for a very poor performance uh same thing of course with the guys on selfless as we had just seen kusa removed from the roster and now he's going to be cycled back in and of course we had the awkward transition there because he wanted to play with a different play style and then clg had overall just had a lot of poor individual performances in online matches leading up to this one so there was definitely uh some valid reasons to worry for pretty much all of the north american teams in this circuit well, you mentioned uh, Adren there, and well, I guess talking about North American teams in general, right? So let's jump down yeah. to Group B, and this was uh, the group with Liquid, Hellraisers, uh, YP, and Mouseports. And straight off the bat, we can say YP got absolutely smashed in this group, right? Mouseports beat them sixty-one, yeah. Liquid beat them sixteen-two. They got three rounds overall. Uh, they uh, go they on. had the, they had the, they had two they had two fill-ins from their usual team, and these two players had apparently never even had played with the other three previously at all, and one of them was trying to IGL so it was just going to be a recipe for disaster right from the beginning for that team I had there was zero <laughs> chance of them making it through with those factors in play yeah really a first rate organization for the team YP guys uh, however a team that did advance in this group was team liquid and as we look at them we'll see they lost to Hellraisers in their first game uh, up in the top left I think that was like triple overtime right 22 20 double overtime something like that yeah, uh, and yeah, and then of course uh, they met them in the second place decider on the far right uh, and beat them 2-1. We talked about Adren a little bit and uh, statistically at this tournament, Adren was second best player on Team Liquid. He had the highest, second highest rating just behind Hiko, I think, and was plus 14 KD, 1.09 player rating. He, you know, just had a pretty good event overall, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Do you think the pressure is off now that he's off this roster? Possibly. It could have just been the motivation to make it into the major again, because that's, yeah. that's a big paycheck for a lot of those players getting mm. sticker money or not. With the game constantly growing, so is the sticker pot. So maybe it's that. Uh, also, I don't think this holds true for the later games, um, but as far as I understood it, the way the calling was going in that first match, he was not being the IGL, but then they switched it up for some of the later ones and he took it on. So that was actually a pretty big credit to him, too, in the fact that even in those later games, like when they played YP and also in the best of three versus Hellraisers, I think he was still calling for parts of that, too, just because Liquid were unsure of having Nitro took over the calling. They were unsure of his sort of, they were unsure of his calling abilities uh, in some of those closer matchups there, considering that they they lost to HR and they didn't want to risk doing it again. So they sort of went back to the old team and tried to play with that one here, which ended up working out great. And he had a great individual performance too. So that was some good props to him as what may end up being, depending on what his future is, uh, one of his last big events here. After the major that is, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, let's wrap Group B there. So the Mouse Sports and Liquid go through. Let's jump down to Group C next, which, as you alluded to earlier, this was the big Splice performance, right? I don't think anybody saw Splice coming out of this group in first place. Is that fair to say? That's absolutely fair to say. Splice had been like, had had the most inconsistent online results prior to this land. Now, don't get me wrong, they had a very good run back at the minor, but that was against other North American teams here. Yeah. They had to go up against CLG right through the beginning, which of course is one of their big rivals in North America. Then they had to take on either SK or Vex, a team that which they had had zero experience on prior to coming to this event. 
So it was going to be a tough task for them, especially when you consider, I think for I think it's safe to say for a lot of the viewer base, they may not have even heard of this team as of yet there. So mm. coming into this one, they had been losing to very low-tier North American teams. Uh, same thing for upper-tier North American teams, but they'd also been winning versus them, so it was so inconsistent. So nobody was expecting this team to really do anything. Also, when you consider the fact that they filled in for the Mongols on maybe only like three to four days' notice max, that was a very <laughs> impressive feat. They just uh, rushed their way through the group and take the first place out of it. Can they, do you think, make any impact at the major itself that's a big question it and is honestly with how inconsistent the results have been i can't really give you a definitive answer um it really depends on the group they get because keep in mind too uh, i think with the way that the seedings could end up working uh, because of the fact that they were the only north american team to make it out in the first place decider they will have the higher seed uh, than any of the other north american teams that passed through it so they actually <laughs> may end up getting an easier group because of that uh, so it'll be interesting to see, but I think a lot of this depends on if there's any weaker points in their group that they may be able to slip through. I will go with a safe answer of them not getting out of the groups for the time being, though, just because when they go up against possibly some of those bigger European teams, uh, there's not going to be as many mistakes made in the sets that they faced off against. Like CLG was looking to be in very poor form in that first map, and then Vex as well just completely dropped the ball for that upper for that upper bracket final. All right, well, all eyes on Splice when the major rolls around in that case. You mentioned Council Logic, and I just want to draw viewers' attention to CLG before we move on, because it is relevant to Group D as well. Uh, so Council Logic Gaming were the second uh, team to qualify from this group, Group C, over on the far right, and uh, they beat Vexed out 2-1. This was part of North America's resurgence, I guess, in the latter half of this tournament. They ended up with four teams qualifying despite a bad start. So... Let's move down to Group D to wrap things up. Uh, this was Dignitas, Renegades, Cloud9, and Gambit. And a pretty interesting group, I think it's fair to say. I mean, I don't think anybody saw Dignitas and Renegades <laughs> finishing the way they did. Uh, and, you know, Cloud9 beating Renegades in 2-16. In fact, it was a 16-14 game and a 16-19 game, right? So yeah. at, at just edging them out ever so slightly. Um What's going on with Renegades? Did you expect them to qualify? And if so, why didn't they? I expected them, my, if I remember my actual prediction from the desk is basically I saw if they won the first map, they would win the set 2-1 because I did think they were going to end up losing on cash. They needed to get it over towards Dusty, but the problem was they did drop that first map. Overall, the performances from the Renegades was, it's like a lot of what you expected from some of these North American teams coming into this one. They don't really have a very strong map pool built up as of yet, and the mm. individual performances are shaky at best. You really only have those two big players to rely on from event to event, which is going to be JKS along with Yam. And Yam is actually pretty hit or miss too in some of his land games, as we saw back over at IM, if I'm remembering that properly. So there's not really a lot of consistent heavy hitters from the side of Renegades, and this combined with the fact they don't have a very deep map pool when you look at them tactically, uh, led to a lot of problems for them in their set versus C9, which of course eventually led to their elimination. Yeah, and that elimination did come at the hands of Cloud9, as we mentioned, and that was uh, two very close games. Cloud9 qualified by the skin of their teeth, so now the story's kind of flipped on its head. The North American teams got this terrible start to the tournament, uh, but came back and have got four teams into the major, the most of any major so far, I think. Yeah. But are we impressed with the North Americans' play? Cloud9 in particular, uh, I don't think looked particularly good. I mean, they were saved in the second map, some would say, by Shroud, right? Specifically looking at Cloud9, the problem is going to be that this final came largely at the hands of some amazing hero performances from both Nothing and Stewie, who both had over a 1.0 rating. And in that last map specifically, Stewie had probably the best map he's ever had on Cloud9 so far. 
Are you going to be able to rely on those two heading into the major is the big question, especially with this team having a lower seed with the group draw? Probably not. So although I was being very harsh on them at the desk, I'm still going to be harsh on them now because the big issue here is that, yes, they made it through. They did qualify, but they're still looking very shaky and very weak. So they have a lot of work to do between now and the major itself if they want to have a chance of getting out of groups, especially if their group ends up being one of the harder ones because of their lower seed. Absolutely. Okay, well, I guess all that remains is for Counter-Strike fans to wait one month until the major rolls around. Uh, so that was the MLG Major Qualifier, which took place in Columbus, Ohio from February 26th to 28th. And before we move over to our second topic this week, let's stop in with Miss Harvey for a CS fact. Thanks, Jack. Global offensive players may be surprised to learn that Counter-Strike has not always been a multiplayer-only game. In 2004, Counter-Strike Condition Zero included a game mode called Tour of Duty. By completing missions and challenges in a single-player campaign, players earned reputation points that they could use to level up their team of bots and move on onto new missions. At the end of every campaign, the player received a medal based on the difficulty of missions they completed and how well they played. Sounds familiar? The idea was kind of revived in 2013 when Global Offensive introduced the first Operation Pack. Operation Payback gave Counter-Strike players new challenges to complete for the first time in nearly 10 years. Thank you very much, Steph. Now, our second story this week, Blue, is IEM Katowice, which is live today, actually. It starts on March the 2nd and finishes on March the 5th. And while it's not a proper major, I guess it's not a Valve endorsed major, there are $250,000 up for grabs here. So, pretty big event. Let's have a look at the groups on screen now. This is Group A on the left and Group B on the right. And Group A is playing out uh, today, in fact. Pop Flash is recorded a day early, so we can't talk about the results as they're happening now. Blue, you're going to have to speculate a little bit around Group A. Uh, but Group B uh, is coming up tomorrow. Now, the format of this tournament is a little bit weird, I think, uh, based on, well, I mean, you've got $250,000 up for grabs, but this these groups are essentially best of one, right? It's round robin, just one map uh, between each team. Uh, the group winner goes directly to the semi-final, and the second and third place teams uh, cross groups and play each other in the quarterfinals, right? What do we think about this format for a tournament of this scale, Blue? So you're looking at 12 teams there. So that's already like an odd number of teams. So you have to do something weird to make sure that the brackets even themselves out as you go into the playoff stages of it. So I do like yeah. the fact that if you win the group, if you dominate everybody else, then you just go directly into the semifinals. You've earned that spot there. Mm. And then, of course, the second and third place crossing over and going into the quarterfinals makes sense to keep the uh, to keep the teams varied there. Um, and also, best of one, I honestly don't think it's the worst thing in the world here when you consider the fact that it's full round robin. Everybody's going to play everybody. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if you can't rack up a couple of wins at the very least in that many maps, then obviously you're going to deserve to get knocked in anyway. It's not like the, the GSL uh, best of one group stages where it's like if you lose two best of ones and you're out immediately, you have way more chances to prove yourself here. And if you're not going to be able to prove yourself in any of those, then, well, it's kind of your own fault at that point. So I think it's a perfectly fine format for the number of teams that, I, that the guys over at ESL are working with here. All right. Well, as we said, we can't talk too much about Group A because they're literally playing as we speak. Uh, but, uh, I mean, well, walk us through some of these teams. Is it fair to say that Fnatic, Na'Vi and Luminosity are kind of the favorites <laughs> coming out yeah, of this group? Pretty stacked group there. I think yeah. it's going to be a pretty consistent chance that uh, 
one of those three may be able to win. And Luminosity has <laughs> been on form recently. I would probably peg them, if if anything, to be uh, the weakest one or at least the most likely to maybe get knocked out due to an upset or two they're heading in. However, mm. the other three teams that they're working with are not necessarily the strongest. Mountain Sports did just qualify for the majors, so they're coming off of a win. But even they uh, had some of the shakier matches uh, to be able to qualify through for it. Nip, we don't really know what kind of form they're in yet because they haven't really had any chances to show that as of yet here this year. So this is going to be a new chance for them to try and show up. And the Mongols, yes, they may have a dark for dark horse factor working with them, um, but I don't think that's going to be strong enough to strike down Fnatic, Navi, or Luminosity uh, when you consider the tier of those three teams. Okay, so... I guess take-home point for viewers is Fnatic and Na'Vi are the locks. The two locks, Luminosity may drop, is what we're saying. Very small chance that they may drop, but yes. Okay. Out of, out of those three, that would probably be the more likely one. All right. Well, by the time uh, Pop Flash is published tomorrow or Wednesday, if you're watching this, we may already know. Luminosity may have been eliminated. So don't hold it against Blue if he's if he's wrong on that one. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, man. I'm looking at the sheet. You told me to pick one. I'm picking one. <laughs> no, absolutely. That's uh, that's fine for me. Well, Group B we can talk about with a little more confidence because uh, they don't play till tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, so I, I guess it's a bit more up in the air, right? These teams are a little more evenly matched. You've got the likes of Envy, Astralis, VP, Phase, Frag, and Tempo. What uh, what are you? Who are you looking at in this group? Do you think blue? Who who would you put your money on in this bracket? I'd say first of all, Envious and Astralis are pretty safe locks to be uh, one of the two of the two at least out of the three teams that'll make it out of here. But that mm. third slot is kind of open. Virtus Pro, as we all know, has been in very very weak shape as of late. Yeah, Phase hasn't necessarily been the best. I wouldn't describe them as very vulnerable right now, but there is there is a chance when they show up at this event and show up even worse than some of their previous ones. And not only this too, but Efrag coming into this one has been looking very strong in some of their games. There's a big chance for them to actually steal away that third slot if they bring their top performance and Tempo Storm as well. Coming off of the last week's major qualifier performance, I don't think we're going to be able to see them get through the groups, but maybe if they improve off of what we saw from them last week, and we could see uh, we could see an upset from them as well. But I think that's a much lower chance uh, than some of the others here taking it away. My safe locks, if I had to pick three right from the bat, would probably be Envious, Astralis, and FaZe. But there is a chance, of course, for Virtus Pro or Efrag to take that third slot as well. Yeah, well, you mentioned Virtus Pro, and quite rightly, you say they've been having a dismal start to the year. I think they're one for eleven in uh, ESEA's Pro League. They finished last at DreamHack Leipzig, which I guess you just wouldn't dream of for a roster of this kind of pedigree, right? Yeah. Um, however, they're used to performing in big tournaments. This is Katowice, so it's in Poland, home soil. I mean, does that favor a team like this? How much will they draw from their surroundings? Do you think? Uh, it can definitely help. There's, there's definitely, there's definitely no doubting that. However, it's like not even like that. They've been on and off recently. It's they've been completely off with a one and eleven record, as you just said in the ESL Pro League right now. Uh, I'm pretty sure they basically have a zero percent chance of even making it to the land. And this is within the first three weeks oh, of yeah. the league starting. So these guys are already out for the big land finals. They've been looking. It's, it's not even like these are really close matches either. They've just been getting decimated. So regardless of the home field advantage, I don't really think it's going to be enough to put them up to a point where they can actually uh, get themselves very far in the tournament if they even get out of groups. All right. Well, I guess you've given us the rundown on group A and group B. Last question uh, before we wrap this topic up as well. And it's about Fnatic because they've been winning everything blue. I mean, what's it going to take to stop these guys from winning yet another tour? Is this theirs to win, do you think? Huh, definitely coming into this one it would be their tournament to lose they've still been looking like way strong it's it's a very close battle though when you compare it to some of these other teams and i don't know 
off of the bat who would probably be the second team to try and smite them down. Um, my just thinking about it here really quickly, I would probably peg Navi as the team to do it. Uh, but if that's the case, and if we assume Fnatic is going to actually end up winning Group A, then Navi have to work their way from the quarterfinals, then there is a chance that we could see them getting knocked out early there too, in which case Fnatic, in my opinion, should hold a pretty strong advantage over basically any other opponent in there. So it's going to be a rough one to knock down Fnatic because despite some of the closer matchups they've been having recently, they still are looking very consistent in a lot of these bigger land matchups. That's it for this week. I'm Jack Westerman, joined by John Blue Mullen. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of Pop Flash.